We're proud to be sponsored by MyFlex Learning. MyFlex Learning is a scheduling platform that helps middle and high schools meet the individual needs of all students. Schools can easily create and manage time for flex blocks, win time, activity periods, RTI, counselor and teacher appointments, and much more. And with its built-in accountability tool and reporting features, MyFlex Learning solves your challenges around getting kids where they need to be and understanding how flex time is spent. Make your flex time work for you. Visit myflexlearning.com forward slash BE to learn more and receive $500 off the first year. That's myflexlearning.com forward slash BE. People are expecting. People are expecting quite a bit. This is your time. You want to win. You got to be like this. There are no shortcuts in life. You'll get better because you make each other better. The inches we need are everywhere around us. I know plenty of people that are capable. I know fewer people that are willing. You have to believe it to do it. Now, what are you going to do? Welcome in, everybody, to another episode here of our first season of Sideline Sessions on the B Podcast Network. So pleased to have you with us. we got another great conversation here today. My guest is Taylor Siebert. Taylor is the founder and CEO of Strive Education. Strive focuses on empowering educators, integrating digital media and broadcasting education, preparing students for a digital future. And as a coach, he's entering his second year. This year is the high school head boys basketball coach for Heartland Community Schools in Henderson, Nebraska. That's a class C2 school there. Taylor, welcome to the show. Yeah, thanks, Ross. Excited to, to connect. Let, let's start at the beginning. How'd you get interested in coaching? You know, you say you're relatively new to this role there in the high school, but I'm sure you've been around sports most of your life. You know, what kind of piqued your interest and got you thinking about really getting involved? Yeah, like most people, obviously you, you play the sport and basketball has been my love ever since I can remember or photos uh, that tell me when I didn't remember of playing basketball with my dad and my parents just encouraged that throughout and growing up I wanted to be a teacher and a coach and that's just not the the path that God had planned for me he said hey you want to you, you need to be an entrepreneur first but I always had that desire to coach and then when I had my own kids I've got uh, a sixth grader and a third grade son that are now getting into sports. And that's when I, I started getting into coaching was coaching them and developing our youth program here at Heartland around youth basketball and through some just crazy stuff. I end up now here in my second year of high school varsity basketball, which I never, ever thought uh, would happen. But as a business owner and entrepreneur here in the, in, in the community, I didn't think that would even be possible. And we'll dive into the, the details of that I can go through the story, but just fell in love with the sport of basketball and have a passion and a mission to use basketball to share great values and work ethic with kids and just love seeing the spark that they have when they learn how to dribble, when they learn, when they see that ball go through the hoop, but there's just so many life lessons in sports and teams and how to work with teams that translate what I've seen in the professional world, in the marketplace, when you get into working with others, those things and to be able to 
have an influence on youth and prepare them for that through team sports is rewarding. Like I've never experienced before and I've only done a year and a half, but there's just so many correlations as I am in the business world and go into the school world. There's just so many connections that, that really get me excited about coaching. And now a quick break for a word from our sponsor, MyFlex Learning. Let's talk about flex time in schools. The potential benefits to our students make it totally worth exploring. There's more time for personalized learning, increased choice and agency for students, and the increased engagement that comes along with it, dedicated time for intervention, and overall, as school leaders, it provides you and your faculty more tools to increase academic achievement. But... The implementation and management of flex time can be a challenge. Tricky logistics and a lack of clear accountability systems can prevent teachers from buying in and can hold you back from ensuring students make good use of their time. That's why I'm pleased to share that MyFlex Learning provides a solution to these challenges and more. MyFlex Learning helps you create and manage flexible time for any purpose. And with the seamless SIS integration, a student locator, flexible daily rostering, and intuitive mobile app, it eliminates the common challenges of implementation and management. If you want to see for yourself, visit myflexlearning.com forward slash BE to learn more and receive $500 off the first year of use. That's myflexlearning.com forward slash BE. You'll learn all about MyFlex Learning, what it can do for your school, and you'll receive a $500 off offer for your first year. Check it out. Yeah. And, and you can tell our listeners a little bit too about uh, the work that you do with your company, because I think it's pertinent here that, as I mentioned, Strive Education, we may have some folks out there who are familiar with Strive TV, the, the previous branding, but through that, you've been around high school sports for years, right? And seen uh, across multiple states through the broadcasting work and the live streaming. And I'm just wondering if due to the different people you interacted with and all, you know, all the access you had there, if there were any things that you were observing over the years to say, you know, there seems to be something that's missing in a lot of programs that I would love to be able to bring to a program or on the other hand, things that you said, oh, I would really love to get more involved with that. Right. But certainly you had a, a clear perspective and, and a view on what was happening in, in high school athletics. Yeah, so started a company in 2012, solely based around high school sports, live streaming high school sports. And so I kind of took my, after I graduated, I played a little basketball at NAIA school here in Nebraska at Doan College, now Doan University, and decided to go the business route, like I said, and did sales and did some other stuff. Ended up moving back to my hometown and didn't really know what that was going to look like. My dad owned an insurance agency tested the waters there a little bit, but it just didn't light a, didn't spark a uh, light of fire in me. Like I, like I had hoped and for him too. And so, but I had always been drawn to creating content and doing that kind of throughout high school with buddies of mine and college was drawn to marketing, but didn't know how sports and that passion for digital media and creating content would merge until I started a website here in town called heartlandbeat.com, which now my mom runs. I started live streaming games. I got a mic and started announcing games, got kids to come up in video games, videotape and live stream, figured out how to do all of that with technology. And it just kind of a ripple effect as other schools saw that 
it was, they were like, Hey, how can we do this? And this is before automated cameras and all the fancy equipment that we have now. But at the core of what my mission and passion was, I was teaching students how to be a part of this that maybe weren't involved in sports. So here I was sports guy getting the nerds in the school to be connected to sports and draw them to find some purpose in the school. And it was the speech kids. It was the theater kids. It was the kid who tours ACL or got hurt that, that season that was up announcing the games or kid from the band that wanted to come up and just fell in love with announcing. I kept seeing these kids coming up as we worked with more and more schools. And so I've always been around students and, you know, then it finally clicked that, Hey, I really love basketball. Maybe I could take this same passion and experience I'm having here on the digital media and student broadcasting side and do that on the basketball side too. And then the doors opened up to be the varsity head coach due to some teachers leaving the district and our boys coach went over to girls. And because of my work with the youth and I was going to help with the boys program, they said, Hey, we don't have many other options, no offense, but you know, would you be open to that? And it was a no brainer for me. Now my wife would say otherwise, but I just, it was truly a calling uh, for me on that. And I've learned so much, appreciate so much, but I'm still so passionate about what happens in the classroom too. So I now go, I just was today over at the school with the digital media class. And then I get to see my basketball guys at lunch and congratulate them on the football game. And so I just love being in schools. That's how I built the company. So I traveled across the state of Nebraska and then did a little bit through another company. We started Class Intercom, going to Chicago and all over to schools. I just love being in the classroom and giving kids an, an eye to maybe a career that they had no idea even existed. Oh, I could create social media content and get paid for it. Oh, I could create this really cool video and get paid for it. And letting now through my basketball program, letting kids, students on our team know, yeah, basketball is amazing, but basketball is not always going to be there. Your knees are going to go out like they did for me. And now not too bad, but you've got to have some other skills to fall back on and teaching that to these, these athletes, student athletes, that you've got to have more skills in your tool belt than just basketball. Basketball is amazing. It'll serve its purpose for a portion of your life. There's so many life lessons in there, working hard, grit, the culture you're building, how to win, but those all translate in the workplace too. And so that's where our mission is with Strive Education is to provide curriculum for teachers and a roadmap to build student broadcasting programs and digital media programs and teaching kids. If you can shoot video, you can find a job. If you can edit a podcast for Ross like this one, you can find a job. You're going to get paid in every industry across the world. Yeah, I, to, I mean, there really are so many, right? So many different opportunities and professional pathways related to sports or anything else that aren't, not everybody's aware of, right? And I, I've done some different content series and, and interviews around these things, specifically related to sports, say, okay, when I was in high school playing sports, you knew that jobs that existed were athlete, agent, coach and maybe you had some idea of what the front office did or a scout something like that but what about all the communications people and then and pr and marketing and finance and accounting and facilities right all these different you know the things that that they're 
they're hidden, they're obscure. You know, you're not thinking about, well, these are entire businesses. These are multi-million dollar, sometimes billion dollar businesses. There's a lot of things that go on there. If it's something that you really love and you want to be involved in, there's different ways to do that. And what better time to learn about that than when you're actually in school and you can try your hand at a variety of different things. Yeah, I'll How add you, quick yeah. one, one little tidbit to piggyback off that. I was at the University of Nebraska yesterday talking to a professor who started six years ago the sports media and communication program. Went from zero students, it wasn't a thing, right? It was kind of broken up to now 350 students at the university that want to do have something to do with sports media and communications. And a lot of those kids are former athletes that they just want to continue to be involved somehow with sports. And they don't know what that looks like, but they're learning all those different career paths uh, at the core of that. So it's an exciting, it's been fun to see how those have merged together for me and that there's so many other students out there that are trying to figure out those same things. There's so many opportunities now. Yeah, absolutely. So Taylor, how do you define coaching yourself when you describe what it is, what it means to you? Yeah, that's a fantastic question. Coaching for me is teaching. And that took a while this year for me to really understand that I was so consumed with, first of all, I, I, I knew I needed to change the culture from what it was, not that it was bad before and what coach Wetchin, who was my football coach, it just was going to be different because I'm a different, I have a different personality than him, a different style. And so I knew I needed to establish that. And so I worked really hard at that, but in the midst of that, I lost as I reflected back on this last first, this last year, I realized I didn't do enough teaching on the court and off the court with the students. Cause that's really what coaching is just helping guide them, let them fail, let them fall down and figure it out instead of trying to micromanage everything. Now I probably didn't hold them accountable as much as I should have. I probably let too much fall through the cracks this first year, but I didn't know what I didn't know. And now I know that. So I'm going to tighten up certain areas, but that's what teaching is, is that transfer of knowledge. I had to teach myself what basketball again, I, I can play basketball, but to explain what I'm thinking about what's happening on the court and why it's important for them to understand that, why they need to go up off to a stride stop, which is essentially a two foot jump stop one, two, instead of going up off one foot and being totally exposed and the defense knows you're going to go up for a layup as opposed to staying down on two and pump faking, being able to pass, shoot, go up and under. How do I explain the reason why to them? And that at the core of that is, is teaching them the game of basketball. And a lot of it is getting back to the fundamentals. You can, I'm not a big X's and O's guy. I'm a very fundamental guy. And I tried to get, probably too much into X and X and O's, I could feel myself getting uncomfortable because I didn't know how to explain it because I didn't even know it myself. So I've had to teach, reteach myself basketball and I've had to, I, I pay a guy, I'll give him a shout out, Tyler Costin down in Phoenix. It's called Savvy Coaching, S-A-V-I Coaching. And I pay him monthly to get access to his content for his race and space offense and his lock left defense. And that has been a game changer. So just like in my business life, I pay for coaching and for professional development. 
I knew I had to do that on the coaching side so that I am learning so I can transfer that knowledge and explain that. So for me, it comes down to teaching and I'm excited to, we're not going to be exactly where I want to be in year two, but year four, once I've got a group of kids that have started with what we're trying to do, they've gone all four years. I'm really excited to see the terminology, the roles, the culture really build off that. Do you use much video or film study in your coaching at all? Yeah. So we use Huddle. We were talking about them before this, which we, by the time this is released, Strive Education and Huddle have partnered together, which is huge. Huddle's the top in the game as far as video analysis and streaming. And so they break down all your stats. And so all the kids have access to that. And we do, we watch film. I can clip certain stuff for them. That that is a game changer. And I watched for just for scouting purposes, a lot of video, a lot more, that was a lot more time consuming than I thought it was going to be. I didn't know what I didn't know. Right. And now I know how much time I need to invest in scouting reports and stuff like that. So we're prepared. Now there's some coaches will go, well, we're going to run our stuff no matter what they do. Well, you need to know, you need to know what you're going up against, right. For bars personnel, who's going to Who's going to do what? But our the systems we run are really adaptable to whatever a team is going to do. Now that I know what I know, right? Yeah, I mean, there's certain things, and to the point of you know coaching being teaching, right? And the various ways in which we learn. There's theory and there's practice, and there's certain right. things that you, certain things you learn by doing, and certain things you don't understand until you see what it looks like. And one of the things in basketball that definitely stands out to me in that regard is like trapping on defense right yeah you don't understand the importance of that really hard trap or what it looks like when you set a poor until you see it on film and you see what it looks like when it's done poorly and it's easy to get out of the versus when it's done really well and you just get a whole new perspective on it then even if you've practiced it yourself and you're not quite there's something you're missing about okay why is it so important to do this way and a lot of the other stuff too where like same as in the classroom right if there are certain subjects that are set up in a particular way where if you just kind of follow the instructions and do what you're told you'll come out with a, a pretty good grade but then down the line after you graduate you won't necessarily know how to make new things out of that knowledge you know you, you haven't learned the why behind it same here right where if you draw up a play and everybody just goes to their spots and they do what they're supposed to do and they just take your word for it they might execute well but they're not necessarily learning like why is it drawn up that way what's the strategy in a way that they can then one adapt when something goes wrong right or two in the future they can coach they can teach they can iterate and say yeah. okay uh we used to have this play on offense that worked really well now there's something different happening with the defense but if we do this will work and as everything else as with the economy and the job right sports is constantly evolving right i'm sure what worked for your teams when you were playing you know, there's completely new things that teams are doing now <laughs> yeah what um, we're doing what we're doing with our team with this race and space and lock left is i don't even know this type of first of all methodology or type of way to play like i i've watched basketball my entire life and now going through this what tyler's stuff that he's created it's what you see in the nba all right. It's, it's a spread 
But basketball is what I've learned that I didn't know playing is all about reads and reacting to different advan- different advantages, right? You're reading the defense, right? Or the defense is trying to stop the offense from, from doing X, Y, and Z. And that you can control some of that stuff. You don't just take what you can get. You actually have to think. So when I think about the classroom and what I'm trying to help students understand and then and this just kind of unlocked for me literally right now. And what I'm trying to teach my basketball players is the four C's, right? Communication, collaboration, creativity, and critical thinking. They've got to be able to think on the court. I think a lot of coaches are taking that out of the game and not allowing their players to think. They're basically putting so many guardrails and micromanaging them so much constantly telling them what to do, what play to do, go do this while they're playing. Kids aren't able to even think on the court. Like, dang, that's what practice is for, is to go through and take them through that. Once you get to the game, you should they, they should be able to freely think and create and communicate and collaborate. And so we'll see how that plays out. I'll let you know here in a couple of months once our season starts, <laughs> if, that, if that helps our guys. I also like to think about the way we're breaking it down here. I think in a lot of cases, people looked at the different elements of coaching and thought about teaching piece and the motivation piece, right? For example, they may think about it as two separate things, but really, if we think about like what teaching is, right? Motivation and it should be a part of it. So it's kind of all um, connected and included to figure out, okay, what are the different ways that we are engaging the minds, the thinking, the analysis of our students, our student athletes, having them kind of continuing to grasp a better understanding of what we're doing and also tap into the things that uniquely motivate each of them to achieve success for themselves and for the team. Mm -hmm. And what does that look like? You know, and which can be, I think, particularly challenging say at a, a high school level oh, yeah. uh, sports where it there's a, an unclear incentive for making the best contributions you can make if you're not going to be one of the, the top performers on the team right okay why do i why am i here then or why am i why do i continue to show up if I'm the the tenth man or, or whatever, what, what what am I getting out of this experience? And these are all the things that, as the coach, you know, you want you understand that everybody's important to the the team, but also that each individual needs to feel like they're gaining something out of the experience. Yeah, I think for what I learned over this last year is that trying to communicate as much as possible what I'm thinking about their role. And that kind of hit mid-season as I, I had a great group of seniors this last year. And so I wish I would have had them for four years to develop those roles out and really get to know them more. Because I halfway through the season, we lost, we had several overtime games. We had several two-point or yeah, one possession games at the end and that we just didn't finish. And not that, you know, maybe I didn't drop the right play or maybe they were uncomfortable because they thought they were going to screw up because they didn't know what I was thinking. Um, but we just didn't get that trust built uh, the summer before as fast as possible. I think it comes down to a lot of trust and that 10th guy knowing that, you know, they're the 10th guy for a reason. They understand that 
right? And that when their name is called and they're able to come in, that they're ready to go. They've prepared, they've trained, they can trust, they can lean on that training. And I think that's what I'm really excited about this upcoming season is I've got roles defined for each of the guys. Now they may change. They're going to have to adapt. It may not be how we script it every single time, but every kid has a role on the team, like you're saying, and an identity that they see that they're valued. I think that every kid wants to know in any sport in the classroom, they want to see that what their God-given talents, their gifts and talents are that they're valued in the crowd amongst the, the world, that they know they're important. Whether they're the first, the best guy on the team or the worst guy on the team, that they have some value that they're providing to the team. And as a coach, I've realized that you've got to build those kids up. Even if it's the, the best kid and you've got to call him out or her, and you've got to treat everyone the same. You can't cater to that regardless of talents and, you know, grit that they have the work ethic. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, and I don't, I, I didn't look up, you know, your record last year, but there's also 13, the reality. Eight, 13. It was, couldn't have, I wouldn't have predicted. Not that I thought we were going to go undefeated. Right. But just the way it went, I was like, yeah, this is crazy. We just had some crazy games, but it, it was fun. Well, yeah. Cause there's also, I mean, you, you think about, when it becomes really challenging is there's one thing where it's can be relatively clear to establish to the second string or the scout team for example on the team that's 20 and 3 how they are contributing to making the team better and starter then somebody's also going to be the 10th player on the team that's one in 20 right and then it's even more okay like how are we sometimes the odds are just stacked against you. The talent level isn't there. There's a variety of reasons why we're not just having more success in the wins and losses, but we still need to continue to stay consistent in you know, what we're attempting to achieve here and what we're teaching and motivating so that everybody understands. Consistent right? with everything. And I think that's what I'm trying to establish that as an entrepreneur, I have shiny object syndrome. So I'm like a squirrel. And so I've had to be the most disciplined I've been in my entire life in this because every practice, I want to create a new practice plan or come up with a new drill or do this for this game. It's like, no, you can't do that. You've got to be consistent. You have to get really good at a couple different things. You can't be good at every single thing right? The, the great teams can be, but they still have weaknesses. But what is our identity? What's the culture we're trying to build? And what can we be the best at with the guys that we've got to go to battle with every time, right? How are we training? What's accountability look like um, when we train? And does everyone know yet what's expected of them? So what are some of the other, when we talk about culture building, uh, you know, what's the vision that you have in mind of the, the type of culture you're looking to build and the you know, intentionality that you would use to go about building that. Yeah. I try to mix in spiritual aspect as well of going, Hey, there's more important things than basketball in life, right? Whatever faith or wherever you're walking from that aspect, right? Because kids deal with so much mentally, right? The stresses of schools and things like that. And just kind of step back and go, Hey, what's, what does the big picture look like? Right. Yeah, we lost this game, but that is not the difference between life and death, 
right? So I really was wanted to make sure that was a part because it, it had an impact in my life. I wanted to provide that as an opportunity. I think we went to a Husker men's basketball game. Fred Hoiberg's the coach there, and they he does a great job, offers free tickets to high school teams. So we got to hop in vans and, and go to a Husker game and eat food, just be outside of the traditional elements uh, that we normally get to get. This summer, we went to a ton of different team camps, tried to do something out of state, but we weren't able to pull it off. But I think experiences, the more experiences you can get together as a team outside of a practice or a game setting is the biggest thing. What is what does it look like when you leave a restaurant? Did you leave it better than the than what you found it? Are the are your athletes, are they being polite and respectful to those around them publicly, right? Just teaching them those types of things. And you don't always get to see that side of your athletes on the court, right? And so that was really important to me is the meal time, the food, those in-between interactions so that you build that trust, you build those relationships. It's all about relationships. Coaching is all about relationships. And that's really what life is about and fostering those and just feeding into other humans and building them up, encouraging them, but also holding them accountable and going, that effort is not good enough. If you have that type of effort, when you get into the workplace, you might not be there very well, very long. You just didn't, you just didn't care. So that's what we're trying to mold in, in our program. And we're very infancy stages, right? It's, I've had to learn patience that this, this stuff doesn't happen overnight. Now you see a coach like Deion Sanders, who had some immediate success, right? Who was then humbled here recently, whenever you listen to this, but that's not going to stop him from continuing to build the culture that he's trying to build there and holding people accountable and getting good talent, hardworking athletes. And so you just have to, you just got to be consistent with that, right? I think a lot of people are always looking for the next newest thing to help with that. And that's not always going to help you. Yeah. And, and, and then to that last point, right, about the Colorado football team or any team where there's uh, a certain level of notoriety, there's people who just don't want to see you succeed for whatever their reasons are, right? And you can't worry about those people. You have to say, like, this is what our vision is. This is what we're building here. Whatever starting point we're coming from, it doesn't all happen overnight, but it doesn't mean we're going to compromise on that, <laughs> you know, just because there's setbacks along the way we believe in what we're doing here and we have to keep working toward that and we have to tune out the outside yeah. noise and criticism and all of the things that because if we're in inside this room if we're clear and communicative and transparent and on the same page about what we're working on and what we're building toward we have to understand that not everybody's going to get that not everybody's going to be invested in that you know there's plenty of folks who right who because they didn't they didn't want to uh, have the same level of dedication to things that are hard to do and having a successful team is hard to do you know that it sometimes it's easier to to try to criticize but it, it, there's a level of the sports and particularly a sport like a basketball where you know, you're not wearing a helmet or a mask or you know, everybody's very visible out there. 
there's a, a high level of vulnerability to going out there and trying and really giving it your best and understanding that anybody who's there can see you and they can see what you're doing. You can't hide. It, once the ball's in your hands, you have to do something Everyone, with it, right? And to be able to say, I'm not going to sh shirk from that. I'm going to go out and give it my best and see what happens. That's not always easy to do especially for adolescents at that age right yeah and when the sport sports are judged by winning and losing most of the time right that's what most of the most people look like look at they're not looking at everything we just talked about for the culture well yeah they keep losing games they probably then are saying well the culture must be pr pretty bad right and so that's always the tough part and that was really hard for us last year is what we were developing. And I had phenomenal, everyone said when I got into to coaching, they're like, geez, wait till you get to deal with the parents. And I had a phenomenal group of parents who understood the situation I was in, who I was coming in with really no experience, but I had went to the, to the, this school, I, I graduated from the same school. And so, but they saw what I was attempting to do. It just wasn't translating into wins. Like we thought it was going to, right. And that's always the tough part, even for the athlete You're going, man, we're doing all this stuff, but it's not translating. We're not winning basketball games and getting them to understand that. Yeah, I want to win too, but that is, that's not the bigger purpose of what we're trying to do here. We're trying to create you into to men who leave here and go on to college or go into the workforce and start families and be make an impact in your community, wherever you're at, hopefully you stay around. Those are those have a bigger impact and no, no one will remember that this last year's team was eight and 13, but I hope they remember when they come back and say, yeah, I want to come back to this community, make an impact. I'm going to farm in the community. I'm going to work this business. I'm going to start my own business. Those, those stories will get told. Yeah. How, how have you found that a, a strong culture and a strong teaching culture and, and just intentionality and clarity around culture enables and empowers players to become stakeholders and leaders in that culture leaders of the team and, and take on those type of roles. Yeah. I think I'm still trying to understand that I've gotten to that place on my team for my company that's taken over a decade to get there where it's not me having to do everything. And I think I'm still discovering what that looks like from a coaching standpoint of even letting my assistant be able to take on some new responsibilities and letting him do some things that last year I, I just didn't know what I should have him even being have him doing right and so I think I've got to let go of some things this upcoming season I'm excited for that challenge to not feel like I have to do everything and empower my athletes to my student athletes to be more creative to ask them for more feedback and I think one of the struggles is that's not a normal thing for high school athletes to be empowered on their team. The coach typically is micromanaging every single little thing. They don't really have input on stuff. So when they're asked, that's not even registering with them. So I think I've got to do some training and hopefully them knowing their role and they can see their role and what they're supposed to be doing. That sparks some conversations around empowering them the way we, our style is we don't have a lot of set plays. So it's not like point A to point B. And my point guard is a point A to point B guy. And I have, we, we had to try, 
retrain his mind this summer. We played about 30, 35 games this summer, and it started to click. And he started to understand within his role, he's called the racker. And the racker is supposed to get into that. On the NBA, there's a circle around the free throw line. His job is to get to that spot and then distribute. And no joke, he probably had over 10 assists in one of our summer league games, the most he's ever had in his career. And you could tell it unlocked for him and he felt empowered. So I think I'm excited this last year I didn't get there. And that's going to be a process for my younger guys to continue to feed into them so that they know what's expected of them and they do feel empowered. And then I can encourage them instead of getting frustrated with them because they don't, they'll know what I'm thinking because they'll know what their role in their identity, our team's identity is. Yeah. I mean, those points about, right. The, uh, the things beyond strictly the wins and losses and the statistics and the growth reminds me and takes it back to, important things to be able to do in teaching in general, right? About identifying those micro moments, those micro successes, those um, formative growth, the things that are happening and, and showing, okay, look, you may have missed this because you're frustrated that whatever, you, you didn't get the statistics you wanted today, or we didn't end up winning the game. Or, but right. here's an ex- here's a specific example of, something where we improved or made progress or a great play or a great and if we compound that and if we can repeat that and do that more and more consistently that leads to the next thing whether it's a higher grade whether it's a win whether it's whatever the case may be but being able to identify and showcase those things as you know the coach with the view and the observation and also the perspective on where we're trying to get to, right? Yeah. And understanding yeah. that when you're in the middle of it and you're in the cloud of the game and sometimes you're exhausted, fatigued, you're going up against the team where you're a little bit outmatched and... Oh, you lose total sight of that vision of what we're trying to do, right? But the great teams, I think, no matter what the situation they're in, they still remember that no matter what the score is, I think, which makes it really special when you have a group like that. Yeah, absolutely. So Taylor, you, so you mentioned some of these already, but I'm wondering, especially, I'm sure we have some of our listeners who might, might also be newer to coaching, might even, might even be aspiring coaches, right? Looking for opportunities to get in, involved. Are there any other resources that you have found to be helpful to you in helping you kind of continue to hone your craft and, and things that listeners should check out? Yeah, for sure. I mean, like I, I did mention Tyler and, and Savvy Coaching, his whole mission is to help coaches coach better, right? To be the best that they can be. And I'm a big believer in that. I didn't understand that when I first started, but Twitter now X has f- phenomenal coaches that are sharing stuff at all levels. I've gravitated towards a couple there, all levels of coaching that are sharing different drills. There's so much content out there. It's you need to figure out what you're wanting to do and then go find the content that fits within that instead of letting every drill and every new set that you see video on Twitter or, Hey, this coach did this in the off season and all these different things, you could get really lost. And there's a flood of information out there that coaches are sharing stuff. And some of it's free. Some of it you pay for find something that you're really attracted to that aligns with 
you got to have that mission kind of already established that fits within what you're wanting to do. And then go find that content that can be plugged in and not be a distraction. And so that you're not pulling from all this new stuff all the time, your guys are going to be, get confused, right? Your team's going to get confused. They're going to see that you're very distracted and then they're going to get distracted. They're not going to buy in. So find those resources. I'm happy to be one of those. I don't share much of what I'm doing because I don't feel like I'm at the place to do that. I hope I can at some point share the stuff, all the stuff that I'm curating and kind of mixing and molding how it works for me, be able to share that. But yeah, different trainers, Drew Hanlon, Sean, can't remember his last name. There's some different guys that for individual workout type stuff. And then there's some team stuff. There's so much, there's too much, like I said. And so if you can curate that and find it and filter it for what you need, I think that'd be really great. And then obviously mentors, other coaches, guys that I played with that coached that have given me resources. I'm able to text right now, four to five coaches, boys, basketball coaches in the state and say, Hey, we're struggling to get to zone offense. What would you suggest? And so having those mentors, having those connections are, are massive. I thought I could probably do a lot of the stuff on my own and that's just ignorance. It's prideful and reach out, ask people for help, ask questions, be curious. Don't think that you have it all figured out because you've played a bunch of basketball or done this or that. The great coaches from what I've experienced are always learning, always taking notes and consuming and iterating to what fits into their program. Well, Taylor Siebert, thanks so much for coming on Sideline Sessions. Anything else you'd like to have our listeners check out, all the other work you're doing with Strive Education or anything else that's upcoming? Yeah, best place to to follow what I'm doing. I share a lot about student-led broadcasting and digital media and entrepreneurship. A little bit of basketball stuff is on Twitter slash X. I don't know what we're supposed to say now, but I'll say Twitter. Twitter to me. Yeah. <laughs> at Taylor Siebert. So you can put that in the show notes. And then, yeah, our site, if you're an educator listening to this and are passionate about some of the things we're doing around student broadcasting and digital media education, you can go to strive, S-T-R-I-V dot education. And we're helping schools all over the country with that and integrating those programs and how to integrate them into your educational programs with your admin. Perfect. Well, yeah, listeners, we'll put those resources and links in the show notes for you to check out. If you'd like to, please do subscribe to Sideline Sessions to hear the rest of our fall season here. We've got a lot of great episodes, coaches from all different sports all over the place. So we're going to continue to bring you a variety of conversations there. Please also do visit thepodcast.network to learn about all of our shows. We have more than 30 of them now, so there's a lot there for you to check out, no matter your role in education or whether you're looking for content on parenting, learning and development, anything. We have a lot there. So check that out. Taylor, thanks again for coming on the show. Thanks so much, Ross. Edited by Gage Sanderson. There are lots of solutions out there for giving students what they need when they need it. But when do they actually do all of those things? You need flexible time. When added into your master schedule, flex time enables students to get extra help or intervention, meet with teachers, make up work, get physical exercise, and try new enrichment offerings. If you're thinking of giving it a try, check out MyFlex Learning, which unlocks the benefits of flex time without the common challenges. Its intuitive design and SIS integration 
makes implementation and training a breeze. Make your flex time work for you. Visit myflexlearning.com forward slash BE to learn more and receive $500 off your first year. That's myflexlearning.com forward slash BE.